Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the Kokoro Movement Podcast. On this episode, we have Dr. Jesse Riley. He is a chiropractor based out of Denver, Colorado, and he is one of the rock star crew over there at Total Health Solutions. We had a great conversation. I'm just going to get this party started. Here we go. man how are you oh not too bad um i'm glad i took a shower i was wondering if it was going to be zoom or not <laughs> man i feel like in this day and age you can get away with it so that's true it's, it's true i mean you know we both got the mountain man beards going on it's cool I, oh dude i so i was joking with uh my gal who cuts my hair yesterday she sent me a uh i think a text and telling me you know that they're going to be closed for up until like april 13th or whatever yeah. And I was like, I think I want to take like a before and after quarantine photo. Because, <laughs> totally. well, just now it's up to April 30th, I think, in my town anyway. Is it really? Wow. Yeah. So, and it's like one of those things where it's just like, everybody's just like, I don't know. You just shrug your shoulders. Yeah. I don't know. What's, when do I go back to work? Who knows? I have no idea. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, signed, I signed up for a uh, functional range release of the spine. Uh-huh. in uh may 1st through the 3rd uh-huh. i don't know is that gonna happen yeah. who knows <laughs> yeah i don't <laughs> know. know is it is it down there or is it somewhere it's, else so it's uh it's gonna be down in phoenix so i'm up in flagstaff okay. arizona which is about yeah. two and a half hours north yeah and so you know we'll see just like everything else it's just like you know when when it was kind of creeping into america mm. i've just felt like i was a, just a like a non-player character in a movie just like sitting, <laughs> drinking coffee at a cafe, watching everything explode, being like, so is Iron Man going to save us or what's happening? <laughs> you know what I mean? And then the shoe dropped and I'm like, cool. So now I don't have a job. Yeah. And then they're like, when do you go back to work? You're like, I don't know. Okay. Yeah. And so, and the world is so weird now, like, mm-hmm. like literally being prepared to fight for toilet paper. Really? Isn't that like, wild? It yeah. is super wild. Like I, was, I think it was two weeks ago, I had to go at like 8 a.m. when Target first opened. And I'm yeah. like, wow, just to get toilet paper. Like Black Friday stuff. And I was fully yeah. prepared. I was fully prepared for if somebody was going to grab my toilet paper to just deck them. Like I was fully prepared. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's super weird. And now like if people stand too close to me, I'm like, you want to fight or what's happening? Because I'll fight you. <laughs> Like, <laughs> cause I don't, you know, it's really like, and it just, God, it just happens so quickly. It just doesn't even yeah. make any sense. And it's like, just to think that we have control over anything. That was mm-hmm. the hubris of humans. Mm-hmm. Oh, we got control over this and nature's nah, you guys nope. don't have anything. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just put this little virus out there. I'm not even yeah. talking 
earthquakes or tornadoes or volcanoes, I'm just going to put a little virus out. You know what I mean? If you guys really bother me, we'll talk about Yellowstone blowing up. You know, <laughs> I'll just clear the whole slate. And we're just... <laughs> these yeah. Last week we watched Contagion. Um, mm-hmm. It's got like uh, Gwyneth Paltrow and Matt Damon. And I mean, pretty good cast. It's, it's a Steven Soderbergh film. And um, I mean, it's way more extreme than what this is because yeah. it just elevates so quickly. I mean, it's, you know, it's a, it's a movie. They got to elevate it pretty quickly. <laughs> um, but it, yeah, it's wild watching that and thinking like, shit, this could possibly happen in the future. I know. And then why do we do that? Because we yeah. watched Outbreak and then we watched World War Z and we're just like, oh, God, <laughs> World War Z. Oh, shit. That would scare me. <laughs> yeah, that just spiked my adrenaline. And now I'm going to, I have so much anxiety and I'm going to go eat a dozen donuts. That's how I feel better. You know, <laughs> my quarantine body's not doing well right now. So. No, mine either. Mine either. Now, you do training elements though. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah, so that's what's saving me right now is, um, you know, about a year and a half ago, cause the massage therapy trade is so cyclical, you know, it's like based on seasons and if people are going out on spring break or, you know, like, uh, in between, Thanksgiving and uh, Christmas, the whole planet just comes to a full stop. Like nobody lives their lives. It's just those two holidays. And I'm just like, Hey, I still have to make money, you know? So, yeah. so I started um, doing this personal training business because of that, just like as a kind of a baseline income. And now like all of my people yeah. uh, fully went online and I'm just, there's some people that are really experienced and I just send them workouts. There's other people, Hey, just check in with me a couple times a month, make sure I'm doing them. There's other people who I uh, FaceTime call while they're doing the workout so I can adjust them and tell them from there. And you know, that's what's saving me right now. It's like, is, you know, all my rent and everything's covered. And so it's like, but if I didn't have that, like I have a lot of massage therapy friends that are like, what do I do? And I'm like, (laughs) I don't know. And they only know massage, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I've taken, I've taken like the, you know, I took that course with uh, the top down, bottom up with you. I've taken Mm -hmm. functional range conditioning. I've taken clinical neurodynamics. I've taken all this stuff, like DNS, all this stuff to where I can do like video consults and I have a pretty good idea through all my neurological muscle testing on, you know, different patterns that are causing people's pain. So I can do online consults with them. You know what I mean? But there's like people that just have remedial massage knowledge that are just like, I don't know what to do. And I'm like, yeah, that sucks. You know what I mean? And it's just, it's a, what a crazy, this is so crazy. Yeah, you know? this time that we're in for sure. Absolutely, man. And yeah. it's, and it's uh, the first time in, on, in recent history to where everybody has the same emotion at the same time. Yeah. So like when you're feeling anxious, then the whole world feels that way. So it just multiplies it by God knows what. And you're just like, yeah, it's crazy. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, give me the rundown, man. What do we need to do? Let's, so, let's, uh, we've already got a hell of a good conversation going. I know. So that's, that's pretty much how I do it. I just, I've had, uh, I've had a couple, like my first couple podcasts were, I had questions all written out mm-hmm. and it was just really clunky and weird. And then, so I just started talking to people 
which is yeah. way more fun. And then there's been a few people where, you know, like I got Chris Duffin on, you know, yeah. and I was just like, oh, shit, what do I talk what to this guy about? And then, so I wrote down the questions and it was really clunky at first. And I'm like, screw it. We have the same education. I'll just talk to him about stuff. And then it just got way better, you know? And then Dan, I had Dan John on a couple. Yeah. Days. I saw Dan John. Yeah. That's yeah, awesome, I, man. I had a couple of days ago where I was just like, Oh shit, this guy knows everything. I don't even know where to start, you know? Yeah. And so there's a lot of people that I just don't, uh, I hesitate to ask because I don't know where to go, but then we all talk about the same stuff every day anyway. So, you know, that's pretty much what we're doing is just having this conversation. So, um, but for my listeners, let's, uh, let's uh, introduce yourself and, you know, how you got to where you're at now, basically. Absolutely. Um, so I kind of grew up in a really small rural area of southeastern Illinois. Ended up going to um, school in around like St. Louis area. It's a town called Edwardsville and their college is Southern Illinois University of Edwardsville. Um, so got basically what would have been the equivalent of pre-med I think it was called biomedical sciences <clears throat> and at the time I was kind of deciding if I wanted to go MD route or PT DC like so many different options right yeah and one of the reasons why I decided to go kind of medical background anyway in the first place was my mom uh, she's retired now but she was an RN and she would always come home and have cool stories. And then I would sometimes go there like after school or what have you. And it was always just cool being around that kind of a scene. <clears throat> and so once I finished up with um, undergrad, um, I, like I said, was trying to decide which route I wanted to go. Ended up doing a master's in, I think it's called sports rehab and exercise science. Um, so I was kind of essentially at that point in time, I was trying to figure it out in that master's degree window yeah and um i had had experience with chiropractic before um not necessarily to the degree of which i practice which i would consider more of like evidence-based realm it was kind of more more traditional ish yeah. and had a little bit of experience with following some pts at the time too and to be honest with you whenever we sat down the first day at class and we're going around in grad school for chiropractic school talking about you know hey why'd you become a chiropractor my story was so boring in the sense that uh, everybody had this miraculous story of like oh i was injured and got adjusted and uh, i was completely amazed uh, at the results afterwards and blah 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 i can walk on water kind of thing and yeah. then they get to me and i just let the air out of the room and i'm like well when I got to the point of finishing the master's degree, um, PT at the time was not considered a portal of entry. I think that's changed uh, mm -hmm. since then. But essentially, uh, I, I like joking that I don't like people telling me what to do. Yeah. So I chose the chiropractor route in the sense that you can kind of just mold it to whatever you want. And I know that PT can kind of do that now as they yeah. kind of change some of their legislation. But um, that's kind of why I chose it. I just uh, felt like it gave me a little bit more freedom to do what I yeah. wanted to do. And it's really interesting because uh, uh, through a lot of those education courses that I've listed, I've met a lot of chiropractors like you. Yeah. Um, but that's not normal, which is really well, was, interesting to me too. And so, you know, because I come from a, a little town, so we have 75,000 people here mm -hmm. and all the chiropractors do the same thing. And so, you know, and I'm, I, 
go back and forth about it mm-hmm. because like one out of 30 clients that I have on my table, I need to adjust them. And I'm like, mm, is that worth this education? You know what I mean? <laughs> or I, cause I could just send them to somebody, Yeah, you know, absolutely. and then they come back and they're like, Oh God, that guy was trying to get me into three days a week and definitely. And I'm just like, man, I, I just wanted you to have that one vertebrae back. Cause it was yeah. like, you know, and so, it's uh and you know god it works for people so i can't really talk shit about it but it's just like you know there's and then i meet like people like you and and you know dr perry nicholson and dr courtney conley and i'm just like holy shit like these people are phenomenal like and you know and then it's funny because all the chiropractors in my town also like talk down to me like i'm in kindergarten like you're an idiot or something yeah and i'm just like no it's fine whatever (laughs) so like you know and everybody that listens to the podcast has heard this story but i went in with one of my uh clients and this chiropractor was like oh you're a massage therapist okay so this is the psoas muscle and i was like no i don't know yeah so like (laughs) what makes you think i don't know what that is (laughs) come on (laughs) Uh, yeah i so the way that I, uh, it, and to be honest with you, this is kind of one of the reasonings of why I created uh, the modern day Cairo is I, you know, everybody loves to generalize uh, specific things. And I feel like it just uh, helps simplify the world for people. Like, you know, what's one of the first questions that people ask you? What do you do? Right. Yeah. And they're not looking for some long exorbitant answer. They're just, Hey, just tell me the name of what your job is. And then I can make the generalization and then we move on to the next question. Right. Right. But for me, like I, I am trying to, uh, I guess, provide another option or another uh, answer for that. So I always feel like whenever I am talking to someone that that's always the hardest question for me because um, obviously the way that you're talking about chiropractic around where you're from, like that's a more traditional way of practicing chiropractic. Right. And it was also funny earlier when we were talking right before we started this, you were talking about how we met and all that. And I was, I thought it was top down, bottom up, but I also took um, Shacklock's neurodynamic course in yeah. Los Angeles. Yeah. And I was like, man, did I meet him there? Like, where did I meet this guy? <laughs> yeah. And so that's, <laughs> and, that's kind of how I was too. I took, uh, I took got probably 150 hours of education in yeah. 2018. And then, mm-hmm probably around the same amount in like 2017. Wow, and so it's yeah, like, I don't awesome. know, I don't know where I meet these people, but they're, you know, yeah. Cause this is like where those courses are really awesome. Right. It's like, you know, meeting all these people at lunchtime and afterwards and, you know, talking to them during the course and figuring all the stuff out together. That's the best part, you know, like, absolutely. because I'm one of those people that like, once I get really interested in something, I just dive down a rabbit hole before I even get there. So when I took uh, all the DNS stuff, I already had a basic understanding of what I was getting into. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, they obviously go deeper into the knowledge and all that stuff, but it's the people that you meet that I'm super addicted to, which is like one of the reasons why I started the podcast, you know, so I can continue those conversations. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. When did uh, you... So when you were doing, I'm kind of reversing the roles here a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> so when did, when did you start taking continuing ed? 
And kind of what was your path with that? um, So I was trying to go to PT school. That was my initial goal. But um, there's two things that got in my way. One is I'm terrible at math. So I was listening to Caroline's podcast. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And two, if you can't tell me why I'm doing something, I don't give a shit. You know what I mean? So like, and that's one of the reasons why I'm so bad at math, right? So like, what do I need a quadratic equation for? Are you kidding me? Like, what is this physics equation for? Who cares? Like, why, why is the hockey puck sliding without friction? Let's talk about that. Cause that's weird. You know what I mean? How does that happen? Like, this is like, you know, that's how my brain works. So like, um, as an example, I might've talked about this on Caroline's podcast also, but you know, when I was taking anatomy and physiology and we were going through the women's reproductive system, I was like, come on, who cares? Like, you know, but now that I know about like how the chronic stress affects the body, if a woman's not having a period, that's a huge problem. Yeah, that we absolutely. need to address. And that's probably also why they're in pain. You know what I mean? Because of that, like an, another side effect of chronic stress is chronic inflammation. So let's figure that out. You know what I mean? How can we reduce your stress? Because that would immediately make you feel better. And so it's, um, so once I, uh, man, I had, uh, I took that physics, that physics class, like I said, and I got, I missed passing that course by 1.2 points and just had like a literal panic attack. Like I was freaking out and, um, you know, stress induced heart palpitations. And my wife was like, you're not dying because she's a CV ICU nurse. And like, no, I'm dying. Oh, I can feel it. <laughs> the end is near. <laughs> so, the big I, one's coming. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I found that there was a massage school in town that took continuing education. And I went to massage school right when I graduated high school back in 2000. So I only needed a couple hundred hours to be licensed in Arizona. So I just jumped on that. And, uh, one of the first courses I took out of, uh, school was rock tape. And then after that, I was like, well, I started breeding up on like breathing mechanics and then that's how I found like DNS. And then it was just off to the races because once you start taking these courses, you're like, Oh, I don't know anything about the human standing in front of me. I have no idea. And so the more I learn, the more I'm like, Oh my God, like, Isn't that wild? Yeah. Yeah. And then the more we learn, the more we realize what we don't know. Right. Right. And so when you take like, when you take Michael Shacklock's course. Like, oh my God. Yeah. They're like, what just happened? I know, but you know, like I read his book before I went. Uh-huh. So I knew like the basic nomenclature, but then there's certain points where he just starts going off and you're like, Oh, I don't know anything. I don't know what he's saying. <laughs> I don't know any of the words that he just said, you know what I mean? And he's been studying this stuff for like 20, 30 years. And I'm only like five years in what, you know, what, you know? And so just the audacity that people think that they know everything is super crazy. And like going to like a functional range conditioning and understanding that Dr. Andrea Spina has been only studying joint mechanics. You know what I mean? Or like Courtney Conley only studies the foot, you know? And like you, when you hear her talk about the foot, you're like, what? Yeah. Are you speaking French? What are you saying? You know, like, <laughs> like it's so crazy. Yeah, feet is definitely her bag. Um, totally, man. 
I would say this though. I mean, honestly, going back to kind of what we were talking about with introducing ourselves to people and talking about what we do. I mean, I think we can both agree to the fact that we both help people. Yeah. And really it kind of comes down to what kind of helping are we doing? Right. Right. So from, I think both our aspects, we use movement and biomechanics and uh, probably even the verbiage that we use too. In, in a way to help that person. Right. Um, so kind of what I've done is I've evolved how I answer that question. I'll, I'll usually start by saying like, hey, my beginning education is chiropractic, but then I'll go into talking about how I separate myself from other chiropractors right. in a way. And so, yeah, I mean, I think you are exactly the same way, Jesse, in the sense that, you know, you're not just a massage therapist, like you're, right. you're helped a lot more. Otherwise, you be in a hell of a lot worse situation than what you're in currently, right? All right. So right, and so that's the that's the hard part that, and I've been trying to think about it for years now. Is like my elevator pitch, right? Mm-hmm. What do you do? Well, that's a loaded question, you know. Yeah. And so, you know, one of the my favorite uh, sayings from Doctor Spina is, "I take your shit that doesn't work nice, and I make it work nice." That's what I do. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so. Um, I think uh, I'm trying to elevate um, massage therapy as much as I can because I think that we could be recognized as a legitimate rehabilitative practice. And absolutely, um, it's uh, we're stuck in this archaic model of thinking, which is really frustrating for me sometimes um, because people come in, they're just they say stuff like "I want deep tissue." I'm like, what does that mean? You know what I mean? Yeah. What does it mean? Yeah. Like, why do you need deep tissue? Is that just something that you think that you should say to your massage therapist or, you know, because that's most of the time, I would say 99% of the time, I don't need to dig into something, you know, and like if if it's a trigger point or whatever you want to call it, because there's like this whole. Oh, huge debate about that. Oh yeah. So if it's like a trigger point, it's just a hypertonic muscle to the point where it's severely under threat. And it's hypersensitive in that area. So I'm not putting a lot of pressure on it. It's just the way I explain it to people is if I rolled you up in a blanket to where you couldn't move at all and I started stepping on your stomach, would you freak out? Yes. And that's what your nerves are doing. And that's why it hurts when I push on it. You know what I mean? And so it's just, so that's like, that's how I explain this to, to, uh, you know, fellow practitioners that ask. It's like, do you have to understand that the nervous system is really simple and also really complex. And it's simple in the fact that it's either under threat or it's safe. And so if I find a muscle that's hypertonic, why is this under threat? And then I begin my assessment from there. Where is it coming from? Is it the way you walk? Is it the way you run? Is it because you use this muscle too much and now this one's doing it? Or this one's used too little? Or what's happening? You know what I mean? And so once you start thinking that way, then you can start, figuring out why these people are in pain and it's not just because that muscle hurts you know like it come on and so yeah yeah when people ask me what do i do i'm like i do a lot of stuff yeah how much time do you have (laughs) (laughs) what i do is i think too much (laughs) that's what happens facts facts. right on so how long you been a chiropractor for uh, let's see. So I got out of school around, uh, so we did like trimesters. We went all yeah. year round. And, um, <clears throat> so I got done around December of 2013. 
Okay. And then I took off to do, so I wanted to do kind of like an internship or a preceptorship is what they called it. Um, so I had to fulfill that and I wanted to do that for my master's and my doctorate program. So I ended up being about six to eight months. So I went over to, um, Los Angeles and worked with Dr. Craig Liebenson. Oh, okay. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. It was a hell of a good opportunity. It was, it was yeah. amazing. Um, and LA is not too bad either in terms of the weather. So yeah, <laughs> it, it was a nice transition. Oh, man. That's um, so yeah, finished that and then ended up in, uh, Nashville for okay. a few years. Yeah. Right on. And when'd you get to Denver? Denver. Wow. We've been here about a year and a half. Okay. Um, so let's see, I would have left about 2018 around the fall. Yeah. So I met you shortly after you got there. Huh? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was like not long after that I got there. Yeah. yeah Cause that was, cause we had that course in December. So. Yeah. 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 So I, so what I did is, um, kind of about the time that we decided that we were going to move, we were trying to decide my wife and I between, um, she was actually my fiance at the time. Yeah. Um, so we were trying to decide between, uh, Portland, Seattle, and, uh, Denver and no knock on Portland or Seattle at all. Cause I love both of them. But we were, when we were living in Nashville, it shockingly rains there a yeah. ton. And so when we were trying to decide like weather and stuff like that, I was like, I don't really want to leave a place that rains a lot for a place that potentially rains a lot. Yep. And, um, so we picked, uh, we visited Denver, um, a couple times. And the second time we visited, we we're like, yeah, I think this is where we're going to end up. Um, so yeah. I ended up meeting Courtney at that period of time. It was actually a funny story, um, meeting Courtney originally. So when I was finishing up with Dr. Liebenson, um, I was driving back from LA to Illinois where I'm from. And so I was making some stops along the way and he had asked me previously <clears throat> where I wanted to practice. And Denver was always on my short list of places I wanted to live anyway. And he was like, well, I know this guy. Um, I'll get a hold of him right now. We're having dinner. And um, it's uh, Stephen Capo Bianco. Yep. And so lets him know that I'm going to be rolling through town. And so I reach out to him and our paths never end up crossing, uh, what was it, however many years ago. And so when we first were deciding to move here, I set up a meeting with him. I sat down with him and, uh, and I'm having coffee and talking to him about, hey, we're moving here. Do you know of any, uh, are you guys hiring or is it anybody hiring around here? And he's like, well, actually I'm leaving for, I think it's Austin, Texas. Is that yep. where he lives now? Yep. And he goes, but I know this amazing doctor. She really knows her shit. Um, I think you'd be super impressed with her. And that's how I actually met Cordy. That's so funny. So that's because yeah. uh, he was my very first interview. Oh, no way. Yeah. So um, I, so my wife's family's from there and um, my best friend lives there also. And so, you know, we're out there all the time. And so sometimes we drive, but most often we fly. And there was one time we drove there and I was like, how can I make this a business trip? I got an idea. I'll start a podcast. And then, so I was looking through, uh, who should I interview? And then I found that the, the director of rock tape, like lives in the same like part of town in Littleton. Yeah. Which is where my wife's sister lives. 
Oh, no so way. I was like, okay. oh, shit. So I reach out and he's like, oh, yeah, come on down. And so I go down to Project Move and, you know, he's the nicest guy ever. I'm like, yeah, hold super. on, have I known you my whole life? Is this like, yeah. what? And so we had this really cool interview and it went really well and it was really fun. And, and it just was like off to the races from there. So it's really, you know, like the world that we, it, it seems like there's a lot of people doing what we do, but there's not really. So it's really small and everybody's really interconnected because yeah. you know, Dr. Craig Liebitson, like if you want to get into the rehabilitative space at all, you got to read his books, right? Oh, like, absolutely. And yeah, so, 100%. yeah. And so it's that was just, hands down the, the best textbook that we had for grad right. school, <laughs> which is the rehabilitation of the spine. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I haven't gotten that one yet. It's on my list, but, um, you know, especially it's kind of pricey. I'm not gonna lie to you. Oh yeah, and, absolutely. <laughs> and during textbook, this, man, yeah, it's a it's textbook price. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, and so in this day and age, um, I got to save money for stuff. You know, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, that's really that's really awesome how everything just kind of connects and you end up in these places where you're supposed to be. You know, yeah. um, and you know, I was trying to talk my wife into moving to San Diego for a while because that's where I just kind of ended up taking a lot of courses. Um, and she was, you know, after months of deliberation, she just said, no, we're not moving. And then right after that, it snowed like three feet and I'm out there shoveling the driveway. And I'm like, this is so stupid. I hate it so much <laughs> because I've lived here my whole life. So I've been shoveling snow ever since I could, you know, like just, and I'm over it. I just want to be somewhere. And that's the hard part right now. Oh, you're on lockdown and it's snowing. And you're like, yeah. You know, how much of you guys been getting here recently? Has it been um, quite better? It was, it was moderate. There was a couple really big storms. Um, so the, uh, the people that own our house, they actually own multiple houses within the neighborhood. And so we, they live down in Phoenix and uh, the owner of the house was going to move into the house that we were currently living. So they're like, Hey, just move next door. And I was like, okay, we could do that. Just moving next door. That's not a big deal. But the problem is, is that the house we used to live in was right in the middle of the property. And the one we live in now is on the far right. Okay. And so like that was, so the first big snowstorm we had, I just didn't know where to put the snow. I was look, I was like, where does this go? You know what I mean? <laughs> this is so dumb. And then we didn't get shoveled or we didn't get plowed for a day. And it Whoa. just kept snowing. So then they only, when they plowed, they only plowed the other half of the street. So I had to shovel out my half of the street plus my driveway. Oh, it was a nightmare. But, you know, so That's we something we had to get used to for sure. Yeah. yeah. And so it's, uh, it probably, we probably got around in between six and eight feet this year. So not mm -hmm. like accumulative. So it's not too bad. You know, back in like 2011, 2010, we were getting that in like two storms in a row and like, you know, just shutting Flagstaff down. We had buildings collapsing. It was crazy. Whoa. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. There was one storm where it snowed like three feet and then it started raining and then it snowed again and just buildings were collapsing all over town. And the next day people were just shoveling all these flat roofs because it was crazy. Shut down all my favorite businesses. Oh. When are you coming back? Well, we got to rebuild the whole building, so probably not oh for a gosh. while. Yeah, it's wow. crazy. Yep. Huh. Man. So, 
anyway, that was a long time ago. God dang. <laughs> <laughs> right on. So you work with uh, uh, Courtney and all them at Total Health Solutions, correct? Yep, that's correct. Um, so when we originally uh, started, we had a, a location that was in a it was actually a running store up top, and then I was underneath, and it was out in the town of Morris. And since then, we um, the people who own the running store ended up selling that building, I believe, to some person who's going to turn it into something else for the Red Rocks. It's like literally right by Red Rocks Amphitheater. Right. Um, and then, so since then I've kind of been doing most of my, um, uh, consultations and visits at the golden location. So okay. in Golden, Colorado, and then, um, usually like one day a week, I will go to where Caroline's at, which is okay. in Lakewood. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's interesting. So you, you work in both places. So is it just kind of, both you just places. don't have your own office? And I've got my own room per yeah. se, um, in the golden location. It, um, in terms of Lakewood, it's, it's, uh, I'm just using Caroline's room. So she doesn't, now that she's kind of teaching for rock tape, she, yeah. um, and she does like some of the managing for the business as well. So she'll take Fridays off to do that sort of stuff, whether it's teach or something with the business. That's right. Of, yeah. Awesome. So let's go back to, uh, apprenticing under Craig Levinson. Like, so Sure. What was that like? So he's really um, DNS heavy. He is, yeah. So I would say um, at the time, we would use DNS principles for sure. Um, I'm very much like a sponge in terms of if you put me in the experience, I'm making a lot of notes up here. Yeah. And um, for me, like I felt – Honestly, the way the style in which he does practice, I absolutely love because it's very much based around active rehab. Right. Um, so he will do, he'll set a little bit of time to do, you know, whether it's soft tissue or what have you. But um, a lot of it is just working in whether it's, you know, hey, maybe you need to work in the sagittal plane or, hey, maybe some frontal plane stuff needs to be cleaned up or transverse plan that nobody ever <laughs> seems to work on yeah um that to me was probably the best uh thing out of that entire experience because it just gave you an idea of what a visit should look like and when you're young and again you kind of go to chiropractic school or massage school or what have you you kind of you're at the at the will of whoever you're learning from right Right. It's whatever experience that you get from whether it's school or outside experience from someone else that kind of frames how you practice. And I felt like the way that he styled his visits with people um, was very seamless. It was very efficient and it was really well oiled too, in the sense that, um, you know, I was just an intern, but started out with working on going through uh, journal articles and just getting a broader understanding of rehab and the world of rehab. And um, even that, so he was giving me articles from Jason Silvernail, who is uh, pretty big inside the uh, pain science realm. And so it was a pretty broad background. Um, started with that. And then as I got more comfortable with uh, talking to 
clients and doing exercises and stuff like that, I would kind of start doing some of the testing. So whether it's measuring ankle, ankle dorsiflexion or doing a few tests here and there, and then that integrated into like, hey, I'm going to give you um, the rehab pro program to run through it. I want you to see if you can give them like one or two other things that they can do during the visit. And so it was, it was a really cool opportunity in the sense that you know, he kind of helped you along and then all of a sudden you're kind of doing your own damn thing, which is great. That's awesome. So what was the biggest thing that you learned like right out of school that just kind of shook the foundations of your understanding? That's a great question, Jesse. Um, I will start by answering and saying that even before I started my first chiropractic class, I didn't really necessarily align with the philosophy of bones being out of place and all the stuff that kind of comes with that. So um, kind of before I even started, so this is when I was in the master's program, I was doing, I was renting DVDs of Grey Cook at a library and like watching that kind of stuff. Um, I would say probably what I learned the quickest, honestly, was more along the lines of less like exercise science and more like um, more practical human connection stuff. Like being able to know like what you should be listening for, what if you should be asking a leading question or maybe an open-ended question as opposed to a yes or no, because people are gonna be tended to answer those a little bit uh, easier. And so just getting more information out of that person, I felt like was probably what I learned uh, the fastest and probably hit me hard in the face too. It was like, Whoa, yeah. like yeah, I'm not very good at what I do. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. So, uh, you know, the first thing that I got my hands on out of massage school was the joint by joint approach by Greg cook. Like you said, oh, yeah. I was just like, hold on. So knee pain doesn't come from the knee. Mm-hmm. And then I sat there for like a week be like, what does that mean? And so, mm-hmm. you know, because we're taught all this, stuff right and it's just Mm -hmm. it gets you started so like basically this is your knee Mm -hmm. and this is what it does you're like okay and then so the joint by joint approach was the first time where i was like oh there's other stuff going on here but then um i was uh taking dns exercise too and so this is where i was exposed to muscle testing also and also like this higher level of chiropractic care i met this guy um man, you should look him up. He's in Boulder. His name is Dr. Mitch Peretz. And he is, yeah, he is bananas. Like that guy, he's been a chiropractor for like 40 years. And he did, um, so I'm going to rewind. I hurt my back back in 2013. I was uh, filming a guy walk down the stairs on his hands. And I was walking down backwards, which theoretically should be easier, but I'm the one that got injured. And so I thought I was on the last step, but I was like on the fourth step. So I took a big step back and just wrenched my back. Um, And then five days later, I was feeling pretty good and I was doing heavy back squats. So I was doing a set of five at 315. And just at the bottom of my fifth one, I was like, "Mm, I should dump this. And then I just laid on the ground for two hours and then it was crushed. And so... Fast forward to 2016, I was taking uh, DNS exercise one mm-hmm. um, and this guy worked on me for the whole entire lunch hour doing all this muscle testing. He like, you know, 
uh, got some dry needles and stuck them in my multifidus and flicked them to turn my multifidus back on. And that's like when you know that you're a strong son of a bitch because like I almost folded in half and my muscles were like, hey, and I was like, oh my God. But, yeah. uh, you know, released my diaphragm and did all this stuff. And then at the end of this hour, he cracked one vertebrae and I felt amazing. And I was like, what are all of these other chiropractors doing? Yeah. You know, so then uh, my wife was having some hip problems and a year and a half later or so we were in town visiting her family and I made an appointment with them. Mm -hmm. And so I was talking to him about one of my clients and, uh, you know, I was telling him, man, she just has this neck pain and I've been working on her once a week and I just can't get it to go away. And he said, well, I wonder which hand her dad hit her with. And I was like, what did you just say? What? And he was like, yeah, because that's a trauma. And it's the trauma of abuse. And so the neck is what absorbs that blow, right? So her neck pain comes from when she's working too much. And so that's perceived as a type of trauma from the neurotag that's in her brain. Mm -hmm. And so once she perceives that trauma from her work abusing her, from making her work like 100-hour work weeks, then her neck pain flares up. And I was like, holy shit. And so that's kind of what you were talking about where I started like diving into the psychology of humans and then you start listening Absolutely. to their metaphors that they say in the assessment process and that, like if you just listen to people long enough they tell you what's wrong with them and then oh, eventually 100%. right and so that's very similar to I never really thought about that until you mentioned it but just understanding the psychology of human beings is really important to in that assessment process to help people figure out what's going on because sometimes yeah. it's not just a joint. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I would even say like, uh, just to expand on that, like I think that you do this pretty well. And I, I think that um, I kind of just grew up this way that you, you have to be a good listener, right? Like if you're doing more talking than they are talking, then something's something needs to change. Right or you're, maybe you're not asking the right questions. Right. Um, so to me, it's always about exactly what you're saying. They're usually going to tell you what they need right, right. out of the gate. Um, and you always make sure, like, because a lot of the people that I see that are especially in that chronic or persistent pain realm have seen, you know, 15 million other people. And with that, they get 15 million other diagnoses, right? right. And so that's stewing up inside their brain too. So I always ask, hey, what do you think's going on? Right. And, um, that's probably one of the more valuable questions that you could be asking really anybody that you're going to be seeing or working with is like, what do you think's going on? Because people aren't stupid. Um, but at the same time, like they don't have the knowledge background that we do. So they don't really know how to form their opinion. Right. They just have an idea. And so if we can kind of come to that conclusion together, then wow, that's some powerful stuff. Right. And so, you know, we base a lot of our conclusions off of patterns that we see. So when yeah. people start talking, you're like, oh, well, I have a pretty good idea of what's going on. You know what I mean? Which is what's helpful for these, uh, these telehealth uh, uh, sessions that were going on. You know what I mean? And so, like I said, the muscle testing has given me a pretty deep understanding of kinesiology and how people move. And so, and what compensation patterns arise from that. So like you mentioned the transverse plane earlier, you know, if you have a dysfunction, in the transverse plane, it's going to translate to everywhere. You know what I mean? Because we're rotational creatures. That's how we're supposed to walk. But mm -hmm. then 
you know, like going off the, the functional range conditioning thing, like if, you know, when people like have neck pain, how, how often do you move your neck? People don't really, you know, yeah. they just do little ups and downs and little to the sides. And then they, if yeah. they have like a jerky motion, then your brain has a startle response because it doesn't have a movement solution for that full range of motion to the left, much less quickly, you know? Right. So, the, and so, um, just, yeah, that's like, so what do you think is going on? That's a really interesting question because a, it makes them think about what they're feeling, but B it makes them involved in their process and brings them to themselves. Mm-hmm. Because yep. normally I, they're trying to blame something else for all that. Oh, I picked up a sock. Okay. Yeah. So humans are inherently robust. Or I've got my dad's back or something like that, right? Yeah. What are you talking about? You don't inherit a bad back. You're just a shitty mover. So let's figure out how to make you move not shitty and your back <laughs> will feel better. You know what I mean? And so, yeah. and so you know, like, uh, for instance, there was this um, lady who comes in who's a runner. Mm-hmm. And she was having hip pain. And so, you know, just from muscle testing, I found out that she was weak bilaterally in upper thoracic rotation. And then she was hypertonic in uh, lumbopelvic rotation. So then what that told me is that she's using mostly lumbopelvic rotation to propel her whole entire body forward and her upper body's not evolved at all. You know, so then you get her doing like simple bear crawl stuff, which is a contralateral core stabilization movement. And then her hip pain goes away and she's like, Oh, and I'm like, yeah, do that. Like (laughs) move your arms around when you run. That's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. It's like, you know, sometimes it's just that easy, but other times there's people that come in that, you know, the, the biopsychosocial model, like sometimes they have some psychological shit going on, you know, and that's more complicated yeah i mean absolutely and um i would say i started (laughs) i kind of feel like that was uh i figured that out by surprise or by accident in in terms of working with people so my first job whenever i was in um, national area was in northern suburb and um I always, so at that point in time, we were an insurance-based model, and I'm not here to tell anybody how they should practice, but um, now that I'm cash-based, it kind of allows me the freedom to not have to have so much anxiety about like, oh my God, we're like 20 minutes over time, and we just started talking about yep. the problem. And so when, we, when I was in that model, um, there was many times where especially when I was first getting there. I mean, you're not like fully booked out the day one you walk into the clinic. Right. So I was kind of trying to spend some, some of the time, uh, a little bit extra time with some people who I felt like, man, like this should be better by now. Like what's going on. And, um, one particular individual, um, comes to mind, especially. So I was sitting down with her and it was uh, visit one and, um, I could tell that she just had a lot of anxiety and stress and stuff like that when I was doing um, the initial history. And so I worked up enough uh, courage to ask her, you know, hey, like, I'm just kind of getting a vibe that you are very stressed out and uh, anxious right now. Like, what's what's going on? And she kind of sits back and looks at me and so she just goes into this story about why she's in the state that she's in. And I'm like, wow, like 
no wonder you have pain. Like <laughs> your body is hyper focused on all this bad stuff that's happening to you right now. Like we need to find a way to kind of step outside of that so that we can solve that issue. But at the same time, solve what you're here for at the same time. Mm. And so kind of went down to the path of uh, diaphragmatic breathing and uh, trying to work the parasympathetic nervous system a little bit. And so I had her lay down for a little while and I was like, I'm going to be honest with you. Like uh, once we started to kind of get the cues and stuff like that, I was like, I want you to just do this for five minutes. I'm going to step out of the room. It's going to be completely uninterrupted. This is your time to do whatever you want. But as long as you're practicing the belly breath, I don't care. And came back in in five minutes and I'm not saying everybody's this way. So please people don't, don't get this idea, but she was like, I feel amazing. And I was like, great. Uh, well, if it comes up again, let me know. <laughs> yeah. And so I had a, I had a client that had uh, low back pain and they came in and I was doing the muscle testing. And then the second I touched her psoas, she's like, going off on her kids and talking about, Oh my God, they're just the worst and all this different stuff. And then my husband, he doesn't help at all. He just, you know, doesn't do anything around the house. And I'm just like, Oh, okay. This is loaded right now. And so I didn't see her again because it was like, you know, from Pirates of the Caribbean, the black spot dance where they're like, like get it off me. And so, um, but then uh, six months later, she comes in with her mom and I work on her mom first. And then her mom starts going through how when she was, this person was three years old, she had to get a divorce. And then it all starts clicking. I'm like, oh, so she has resentment towards her mother that she's aiming at her kids and she feels abandoned by her father that she's blaming at her, or blaming her husband for. And then so all this stuff leads to the feeling of being unsupported by everybody, which is why she has low back pain. And I'm like, cool. So what we need to do is tone down the nervous system so she doesn't have as much of a threat response and she actually feels better and that's how we get her back pain to kind of remain neutral at that point, yeah. because there's yeah. a lot of baggage there and I'm, that's way above my pay grade. You know what I mean? So like, and that's one of the other things that I've learned from all these education courses is to just immediately tell when this stuff is above my pay grade. So going back yeah. to like Michael Shacklock stuff, like yep. if immediately, if I understand that this person has a radiculopathy, I'm sending them out to somebody else. Yeah. Cause I can't help with that. You know what I mean? If it's like a, if it's low grade and I can rehabilitate it based off of the information that I learned, then I can do that. But like sometimes Absolutely. I'm just like, Nope, got to send it to somebody. You know what I mean? But, um, you know, so I've had people come in, they're like, Oh, I have just this chronic neck pain. And I'm like, well, who's a pain in the neck? And they're like my boss, what a dick. And I'm like, sorry, can't help you there. And they're just like, shut up. And they just, <laughs> Well, you know, all this, it's just all these different patterns and just, you know, God, it's just, humans are so weird. Like I'm telling, I we keep are telling, complex animals. totally, I keep telling everybody, like the more I learn about us, the more I'm amazed that we made it this far. You know what I mean? And like, for the most part, I'm guessing that we just were riding on the coattails of people that were smarter than us. And I keep saying it on this podcast, but I'm just guessing that thousands of years ago, there was one guy who was like, what if we built walls? 
And everybody's like, oh, boss. Like to keep all the stuff out while we yeah. sleep. And they're like, yeah, boss. Well, what if we get cold? Will you just build a fire? Well, what about the smoke? Just put a hole in the roof. Yeah. Oh, okay. And we just yeah. got to here. You know what I mean? And then there's this really old Joe Rogan comedy special where he's like, are we making sure those people are procreating? Because I think that's really important. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Absolutely. I mean, honestly, it kind of goes back to what we were talking about with uh, the nerves and how it reacts with muscles and being uh, hypertonic and stuff. Like, yeah. is, you know, that's just human behavior. Is this a threat or am I safe? Right. And I think that our job, you and I both, is to try to make sure that we're trying to get them to this spot where they feel like they're safe. Yeah. And how you get there, I mean, my God, there's so many different roads to Rome, right? But right. Um, as long as we're, I think to me, as long as we're one, trying to get them to that destination and two, trying as hard as we can to allow them to do it themselves is the other big thing. And I, I, I think this is like another thing for, for me in terms of why I wanted to uh, do the modern day Cairo thing is like, I'm never, in fact, I've got a sign um, on in my room. I'm never a person that I want to be labeled as the fixer or a guru or anything like that. I, I want to have no association with that because I feel like that changes the mentality of people of why they're seeing you in the first place. I like to be the answer guy. Like mm -hmm. I'll help guide you. Right. Um, but don't, I'm sorry, but don't put that responsibility on me to fix what's going on with you. Does right. that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Because it sounds harsh, but it's true. <laughs> it is. And so then people are like, well, what is your job? Yeah. My job is to help you. Yeah. Because you're not helping yourself. Yeah. Essentially because the majority of that stuff is on you. You know what I mean? So like, and that's why I started my coaching business is because some people, you know, that's when we share that responsibility, right? So if I have people with like chronic low back pain that are coming in and I'm seeing them like once a week, then I just start coaching them. Mm -hmm. And then it's, it's more cost effective for them. And they come in three days a week. Yep. And if their back pain starts to flare up, then we go more towards the rehabilitative side for a couple of weeks and then mm -hmm. they start to feel better. And then we go back more towards strength stuff. Yep. And I say, I say three days a week because I am, I should be a supplement to what you're doing, you know, mm -hmm. because if you are training for something, then that's a sport. Yep. And so the further we get into sport, the less human we are and the more pain we're going to have, you know what I mean? So like we're, like if you are running, that's great. But if you're training for a run, then your knee is going to hurt and your ankle is going to hurt and you might get some plantar fasciitis or whatever the problem is. So if you are just, you know, it goes any way you want. Like if you're a, a baseball player, we're, we're engineered as humans to throw a rock at something and kill it and eat it. We're not made to throw something a thousand times. That's why you have shoulder pain. You know what I mean? So it's like, um, it's so the, you could just go down that whole entire route, but I just want to supplement people and their lifestyle. And, you know, going back to being a good listener, there's some people that have made appointments with me and just came in and just dumped their shit for an hour without any judgment on my end. And then just felt so much better and then yeah. just left. And I'm like, okay, I don't 
<laughs> not sure what happened. <laughs> you yeah, know what honest, I mean? yeah, honestly. And I, I, I remember listening to this portion uh, with, with you talking to Caroline about how she sometimes gets called like a, a PT or a therapist or what have you. And I mean, it really is true. Whenever you practice in like a patient-centered or evidence-based model, you kind of buck the trend again of what a stereotypical chiropractor would be in the first place. So people always ask me like, what do I call you? And, and sometimes I'll say, uh, well, I'll joke and say, just don't call me late for dinner. But, um, but then <laughs> I'll say things like, you know, Hey coach, or, uh, sometimes I feel like I'm more of a therapist than I am anything right. um, or a PT you know, whatever. I mean, it's, it's, as long as I feel like I'm helping you and, and you're putting in the time to help yourself, then I think this is going to go really well. And you kind of pick and choose who to say that to, because there's some people that you you know, right away, because they're asking a ton of questions. And I love that. I love when people ask questions because it means that they're engaged yeah. and that they give a shit about yeah. what's going on. Right. Um, it's more the people that, come in and they're like, well, I don't know. It just hurts where I'm like, wow, we've got a lot of work to do here. <laughs> yeah. So what hurts? Let's talk yeah. about it. Yeah. So do you hurt? Because that's a thing. You know what I mean? So it's, yeah. yeah. And you know, what do I call you? Well, people have been calling me Jesse for a long time. We can go, we could start <laughs> there. So, <laughs> and so it's a, uh, God. And it's, it's so deep. And I think, um, you know, the, there's the problem with the medical profession just in general, mm-hmm. um, whether it's, you know, MDs or PTs or Kairos or whoever you want to point a finger at is yeah. that we don't spend enough time listening or being with people. Yeah. And so a majority of the time they get like this bullshit diagnosis and then just are off. Okay. You're just, you're done. You know, like I know a guy who his kid had the flu and it got to the point where he was having, his son was having a hard time walking and he took him to the, yeah, he took him to the ED and they were like, oh, he just has growing pains and sent him home. And so then he, the pain got worse and worse. So then they took him back less than 24 hours later and they're like, oh, he actually has rhabdo. And if you didn't bring him in, he would have died. And you're like, oh, what? God. That's two completely separate ends of the spectrum there. Yeah. Holy like, God. why didn't somebody say this in the beginning? And so that's like one of those things where I was really starting to come up with this concept last year was like, second guess yourself. Oh, yeah. Like, why don't, you, why don't you give yourself your second opinion? You know what I mean? Because that happened with my dog, too. Like, my dog, I brought, he had um, the left side of his face was all swollen. And, you know, we, he was like freaking out and shaking his head a lot and scratching all the time. And so we took him to the vet and they were like, oh, it's just allergies. And so we just gave him allergy medicine for a month and then we took him back and they're like, oh, it's masticatory myositis, which is a, a autoimmune disease where his immune system's literally attacking the muscles in his face. Wow. And so you're like, okay. That's a little bit worse than seasonal allergies. My yeah, friend. what? Like, and so he's been on steroids for like the last six months and we're still having problems tapering him off. But what if we would have had a correct diagnosis a month ahead of time? Would it be better? Like, let's yeah. get it together, man. <laughs> you wow. know what I mean? It's just wow. like, 
as a profession. So that's always in the back of my mind when I'm listening to people talk. You know what I mean? Well, I have this foot pain. Cool. Let's unpack it. You know what I mean? Let's figure out when did it start? Where's it coming from? What is, what are you doing when it's happening? You know, let's look at what your foot's doing. Can you move your toes individually of each other? Can you, can you do the short foot technique? Can you, you know, does it hurt to walk? Like if, if I inhibit your calf muscle, does it feel better? Like what's happening? You know what I mean? It could be this, it could be that. Like that's another thing about this podcast is I have all this information of all these high level practitioners to where I can reach out, be like, Hey, what is this? What does this mean? You know what I mean? And even with like Dr. Courtney Conley, every time she gets somebody where she's like, Oh shit, I need to reach out to Dr. John Campione and ask him a question or, you know what I mean? And it's having a network of people where you can reach out and ask them questions is huge too, because we don't know everything, even if we know a lot, but if we know a lot, we know a lot about a little bit, you know? And so it's just like second guess yourself constantly Absolutely. Yeah. I, I always feel like I, I do tend to actually, uh, my wife and I, we were on a, a jog a couple of days ago and I was laughing at the fact that I always feel like every year I feel like something changes in terms of my mentality as yeah. to something I learned last year. And then, well, that's changed drastically in this past year. And so um, something else that you kind of mentioned there earlier, and it goes back to us just being, you know, helpers and stuff, is I feel like, um, hang tight one sec here. Yep. Um, I feel like with us being helpers that, you know, there has to be a genuine interest in wanting to help that person too. Otherwise, the conversation's not going to go kind of like you were talking earlier. Um it's not going to go well. It's going to hit a lot of roadblocks along the way. They're going to be able to pick up on that. So you have to be genuinely interested in wanting to help that person too. Um, so yeah, I think all of it is really good points, man, for sure. Yeah. And that genuinely interested has to go both ways, I think. Oh, you know for I mean? sure. Because Absolutely. they have to be one of my biggest red flags is when somebody comes in and says, nobody's been able to help me. And you're like, okay. I'm probably not going to be able to either. And so, sorry, you know what I mean? Because you're convinced, right? And so, you know, one of the um, modalities that I learned was that amino neurofrequency therapy. And so you're either into it or you're not. Yeah. And if you're not into it, you can completely convince yourself that it's not working. But if you're just like tired of being in pain, then it helps. You know what I mean? Because you want you want something to work and like it does work and I use it on myself all the time. But you know, when people are like, Oh, where's the data? You're like, Oh God, it's not gonna work. so sorry. You know what I mean? And it's, you know, where's the science? Like you can find, you know, one of the, my favorite things uh, that Courtney and Joe put in their um, in their curriculum was, you know, data and science is like a light post for a drunk. You can find anything to support anything you want. You know oh, what I mean? Sure. So there's a whole um, myriad of studies out there that frequency therapy helps. It's even helping people with like Alzheimer's and stuff like, you know, the frequencies of sound is healing brains, you know, and, but then there's also millions of studies that say that it doesn't do anything. So you're just like, okay, so what are you looking for? What's your plan? You know, is, are you looking for something that doesn't work? 
so why'd you come to me then? Why don't you just go be shitty at home? You know, like <laughs> it's like there's, it's uh, it's really hard. And sometimes you got to really talk bluntly to people to kind of shake them into reality. Yeah. You yeah. know, and like, yeah, absolutely. You know, so when I'm doing functional range conditioning stuff with people and they're like, oh, hip cars are boring. And I'm like, so is having a shitty hip. Which one do you want? You know yeah. what I mean? So like, it's just, it's really hard sometimes to really get people in on the process, I think. And so there's some people that just come in and then we just go through the motions. And sometimes that's what they're paying you for. You know what I mean? It's some kind of social interaction because sometimes people don't have that. So it's, it's uh, getting out of yourself, I think is like the hardest part of the job sometimes, especially, you know, with stuff that's going on now, or, you know, if you're not getting as many patients or clients as you want, or, you know, you just got in a fight with your, your wife or whatever it is, like it just getting out of your space and making space for them, I think is, uh, is one of the most critical and most difficult parts of the job. And sometimes it's really draining, man, to just be holding that space for them all day long. And then you get home and you're so exhausted, you know, it's crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. One of the, uh, one of the ways that I, kind of try to um, bring that more to the surface in terms of finding their motivation, if you will, is um, I'll ask them like, you know, hey, what's your what's your actual goal? I mean, I know everybody comes in here and they want to get out of pain as quickly as humanly possible, but what's your actual goal? And the other question I'll ask is like, if you didn't have this pain that you're in here for, what would you be doing differently with your life? And I feel like those two questions kind of help reframe why they're there in the first place i'm not saying it's 100 percent effective but for some it kind of helps um again bring to the surface like why am i doing this in the first place and i think that that helps with uh in terms of them buying in and putting in the work and something else that um actually shante cofield moving maestro yeah yeah one of the things she said was um i can always give you 100 percent but I'll always meet you at the level at which that you want to uh, participate in basically is what she said. Right. And it kind of goes back to what we were saying. Like if you're going to come in and expect X and all I can give you is Y, then we're probably not going to work well together. We need right. to find some somewhere in the middle to meet um, because it's a give and take here. Like I can, I can give you all the exercises in the world, but one, if you're not going to do them or two, you don't kind of like with your immune frequency stuff. Like if you don't think it's going to do anything, then why are we beating our head against the wall here? What do we need to do? What do we really need to do to solve this? So, yeah. Man, those are two really good questions. I tend to, you know, Hey, at nighttime, I'll, I'll sit by the fireplace with a nice glass of scotch and I'll I'll just think of some of these questions. (laughs) Yeah. Because it's, it's, they're really important. Like what would you do without your pain? Yeah. That's huge because people yeah. like, man, cause I have people that are just like, did you do your stuff? And they're like, no. And I'm like, okay. I don't know. Yeah. What to I'll tell. laugh about it the first time with them. I may joke around, but like, if it's like, if I see you the third time through and you're still not doing your stuff, it's like, 
What's your why goal? You, yeah. What are you here for then, man? Yeah, what are we what are we trying to accomplish? Because right now we're not doing a whole lot. So you know what I mean? And that's another space where the, the coaching comes in handy. You know what yeah. I mean? And so like once you figure out what people need, then you know what they need. And so yep. that's like that's really helpful. And that's why, you know, one of my athletes that I'm coaching right now, she's uh, you know, really experienced athlete. She's using me to keep her out of low back pain, but also to supplement her mountain bike riding and all of her other uh, activities that she does. And if she's, you know, Hey, I'm in pain. Okay, cool. We're adjusting the programming for a few weeks. And that's just how our online interaction works, you know? So mm-hmm. that's a uh, man. What if like, if so I'm going to say this story again, it's like the 15th time I've done it on this podcast, but you know, when, when, they shut my gym down. Like I was really, so that whole day I was really depressed because I was trying to find like some kind of hand sanitizer or something. Yeah. And I didn't expect to find it, you know, but what depressed me was these 30 or 40 people that were just so defeated because they couldn't get anything because everybody was panicking because of lack of national leadership from our government. Everybody's freaking out. Not one person from the government still has been like, hey, probably don't buy all the toilet paper. You know what I mean? Stop it. Because you know? yeah. <laughs> here we are two and a half weeks later and we still have no toilet paper. Stop. And so, you know, um, but then once they shut my gym down, I had so much anxiety that I couldn't sleep because my heart was beating so hard that that's all I could hear, you know? Mm-hmm. And then the next day I actually woke up like really excited and really hopeful because this is like that part where Gary Vaynerchuk talks about where, Hey, this is your opportunity. What are you going to do with it? You know what I mean? So are you defeated? Are you just going to call it quits or are you going to figure it out? Because, you know, four weeks is very conservative estimate based off of what China is dealing with. Like they're just now coming out of it three months later. Yeah. You know, so nobody can go without income for three months. So you better figure it out. You know what I mean? Yeah, you ain't kidding. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I like the point that you made about, you know, facing your hardships, basically. Yeah. I mean, I would say, you know, even with just the career that I've had up to this point, there's been hardships and you have to kind of mold yourself and you adapt and you sometimes you kind of quote unquote lower your head and just power through it. Yep. Um, and it's kind of, you know, at the end, as long as you can make it out, then you technically are a stronger person because of it. At least I would hope so. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I definitely feel like this situation has put us in a, uh, position where, yeah, it's either you sink or you swim, man. Yeah. Um, And so, yeah just so weird. All right. We better wrap it up there. Cause I can probably talk to you all day. Uh, <laughs> all right, man, where can people find you? People can find me on my website. So that's, uh, Um, I just got that puppy up and rolling. It would have been a week from yesterday. Um, thanks to this, uh, current situation we're in. Yeah. <laughs> I just, uh, wheeled it in in like 24, 48 hours. And I was like, all right, we're putting it out there. Yeah. Um, you can, you can find me there. Um, most of my social media handles are doc Jesse Riley. So D O C 
J-E-S-S-E-R-I-L-E-Y. As another Jesse, I'm sure you can attest to the annoyance of people misspelling your name constantly. Oh my God. It's funny because whenever I order out, the only people that ever get it right are the people like from the, the Thai food place. <laughs> like, they don't even speak English good. And they nail yeah. my name every time. Like, so there's times where I'm ordering it and I'm like, Jesse. And they're like, Jeffrey? I'm like, no. But I, Jesse. And they say, Jeffy. And I'm like, no. And then they start, and then I spill Who's it Jeffy? out. <laughs> and then I spill it out and SS rhymes with FF. And so they're like, yeah, Jeffy. And I'm like, yeah, fine. That's me. Whatever. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, would, I would joke that, uh, yeah, I'll get the I put in there, but if it's at Starbucks, it's fair game to whatever the hell comes out on the cup. I have whatever. no idea. Whatever. It's, uh, I don't <laughs> even care. And so that's yeah. a thing. <laughs> All right, brother. Thank you so much for coming on. We'll do a follow-up sometime soon, okay? We'd love that, Jesse. Hey, thanks for bringing me on. Absolutely. We'll talk soon. All right, bye. All right, thanks, sir.